0: Welcome to the 4 Listeners Program. Welcome aboard, everybody. Thanks for checking us out this week. What up, everybody? I'm Spear. And on the mics with me this week is the Z-Man. What is up, Z? Ooh, I like the whistling. Oh, nice. Nobody likes whistling. Nobody but the
1: whistler likes whistling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. It was a change of pace. <laughs> all right, all right. I like that. Nice. Nice. Uh, and on the other mic is the mighty Gantor. What is up, Gantor? How you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. How about you? How you doing? I'm
2: good. I got a nice beer.
0: Nice. What do you got? What are you drinking?
2: Sam Adams uh something or other. Something or other? Yeah. We didn't narrow that down. It's not like Sam Adams doesn't make I, like it, seventy it, beers. They make like eight thousand beers. <laughs> oh. I um, <clears throat> I don't remember what it was, but it's delicious.
0: It's Well, there you go. What happened to the label? Isn't there usually a label on the bottle?
2: Yeah, but I don't drink out of bottles. I pour it into glasses.
0: Wow, an aristocrat. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. Indeed. (laughs) You couldn't tell after all these years that I hate people and think I'm better than them?
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. I I guess I uh, should have called that one. Um, All right. This week, something must be done about... The, the Star Wars Special Editions, and, and I'm, I'm prefacing this with an article that I read on The Ringer uh, a couple of weeks ago about J.K. Rowling, uh, the creator of the Harry Potter universe and all of its, uh, all of its works. Um, the, the question was about whether or not J.K. Rowling should continue to, continue to develop the whole Harry Potter world. Lately, uh, there's been the Fantastic Beasts movie uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a pretty big hit, I think, and they're planning on making four more of these movies. There are some who believe that she should just quit. She should just stop and let other people take on the Harry Potter mantle to carry on the story
2: well, ahead of her. What are, what are their qualifications?
0: Well, any of these other people? Well, I don't, I don't yeah. know if it's so much any particular people is that they don't want it to be J.K. Rowling because they don't want her to get too wrapped up in her world that she can't see the forest for the trees like another auteur who created a universe, George Lucas. Mm-hmm. George Lucas had, the, had a similar problem where he wanted to continue to develop stories around his universe and around his characters but ended up killing the golden goose. Or did he? There's a, a point that's made in this article that if it weren't for the Star Wars special editions that came out in the, uh, in the mid-90s, it was 1997 for the 20th anniversary, where Lucas went in and changed a whole bunch of stuff, um, put in a bunch of deleted scenes, added a lot of different special effects, um, even changed some of, the, uh, uh, some of the scenes within the movies, uh, wiped out whole scenes and replaced them with others. There were some people that were saying, Why, why, George? Why did you do that? Why did you rape my childhood? Where, yeah. did, did you feel like that when you saw those movies in, in, the, uh, in the 90s?
2: Yes, I did. I was, I was very disappointed with what they've done, too. Uh, was there anything that The whole basis of, of characters that I'd grown up with?
0: There was one scene in particular, one scene in particular that, that drastically altered a, a, a major character.
2: That's correct.
0: Um, That's enough for me. There was the one made, the, the whole Greedo and Han scene in the cantina where Greedo and Han are facing each other down. And if, I, I'm, I'm, spoiler alert, if this is a spoiler for anybody listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> it shouldn't be. But there's a scene in the cantina where Greedo is saying, I'm going to take you in the Jabba. And he goes over my dead body and then shoots Greedo.
2: In cold blood. In
0: cold blood. It's kind of like a gunslinger with his gun under the table. Yeah, and Lucas decided that that wasn't what he wanted the character of Han to be. He wanted he had established Han in the later movies to be a little bit more of a you know kind of a daring do type of person, but not exactly cold blooded. So he had Greedo shoot first, so as to make Han a little bit more sympathetic, a little less cold blooded.
2: Greedo's got Han held at gunpoint, threatening to take him to Jabba. Right. Right. And Han shoots Greedo in cold blood to get away from from Greedo so that he doesn't get delivered to Jabba yes. who does Han run into in the spaceport oh, on he'll... the way to his Millennium Falcon Jabba the Hutt whose tail does he step on Jabba in the Hutt spaceport <laughs> and who lets him go Java the Hutt the and, and promise Boba Fett of, of more money
0: Jabba the Hutt and Boba it, Fett
2: it's completely inc- incongruent with the whole scene with Greedo
0: so that scene was filmed in the in the 70s with, a, uh, with an actor wearing a, a, a fuzzy costume. And the idea was that it was going to be filled in with a stop-motion animation character that was supposed to be hairy, which is why Han walks behind him. When they had to go in in, in, the, in the 90s and, and redo that scene now with Jabba having been established as this giant slug, it posed a problem because if you want to put this scene back in, you have to figure out a way to get Han to walk behind the character. So the only way they could do that was to shift him up and over. <sighs> that, but that scene was filmed. That scene was part of the original. I'm not,
2: I guess, but still, it it completely defe- like he was in no danger. I mean, he stepped on his tail. You tell me if you owed that much money that there was a price on your head that you just murdered a dude to get away from. You're going to then go step on a dude's tail.
0: Well, it certainly neuters Jabba a little bit because Jabba's supposed to be the you know the most vile gangster in the universe. Yeah, and Han just casually steps on his tail and yeah. then walks away.
2: <laughs> You're yes, like, exactly.
0: That's that's a little uh, <laughs> that's a little forgiving there for the v- most vile gangster in the universe.
2: Yeah, it it just doesn't fit. And it, that was bullshit just to do bullshit to show. Oh, look, you know, I can just throw a random computer generated character in with footage shot in 1970. Look at look at how wonderful ILM is.
0: All of this is, is is given, okay? Lucas has always been more enamored with his technical wizardry than he is with the, the actors or even the story for that matter. And I'll argue the story in just a second. But he's always been much more interested in his technical wizardry, which is why he never feels like – he's. and he said this before – I never felt like I finished the movie that I wanted to make. So the special editions were his way of – completing or at least trying to complete the movies that he wanted to make in the 70s with the technology that was available to him in the 90s. And that's why he continued to tweak them, even up to the point where he sold the whole thing out to Disney. I don't have a problem with that. And the writer of this article didn't have much of a problem with it either because he wrote it from the perspective of somebody who was first exposed to Star Wars in the 90s. His his point was, and, I, and I'll, I'm reading his quote now, if not for Lucas's clumsy attempt to give his classics a facelift or his even more misguided efforts to extend the Star Wars story, we wouldn't be living in a world where Star Wars movies are annual events. I have a tendency to agree with him. If it wasn't for the special editions coming out, we would have missed a generation of Star Wars fans. What do you say about that?
2: I don't know how I feel about that. I have to begrudgingly I have to begrudgingly admit that he probably has a point. He's fucked up his children so bad. A good foster parent came in and, and has rescued these children.
0: So how about you Z you've been quiet? Does does George get any credit at all for keeping the Star Wars fire stoked by exposing Star Wars to millennials in the nineties through the special editions?
1: No. Disney gets the credit.
0: Well, Disney only gets the credit now because there was such an appetite for it, no?
1: I think it's – well, I, I bet you it comes back to superheroes and they're like, oh, how do, the Star Wars people are like, how can we cash in on this shit where they get a different movie every week?
0: Well, that, that, well, that was certainly why I think they bought Lucasfilm. But it had, to be, it had to be something that was still interesting, something that could still generate interest and money for, for Disney to want to invest four point something billion dollars in the, uh, in the franchise. You think so? I, I you don't know think so. it's
2: people our age finally being put into positions of power and responsibility where they can take corrective steps
0: to fix the problem.
1: Well, look at like like was is, uh, is it Legend or is it Dark Crystal the redoing Dark Crystal right?
0: Yeah, I think they're redoing Dark Crystal. Sure. So that doesn't have shit
1: to do with uh, Jim Henson. It's just people are like, hey, you know what was cool? Dark Crystal was cool. Let's redo it. Okay. Voltron was cool. Let's redo it. Okay.
0: Well, is that a but, but is that a is that a matter of having a property that's laid fallow for a while that somebody says oh that's something that we could use to kind of reboot or is that because there's been interest in Dark Crystal or Voltron now over the course of the last thirty thirty five years? I think there's it's no- just
2: the the banal empty mindlessness of Hollywood just scraping for stuff that they can get cheaply and
1: yeah. It's the people from our generation now finally in positions of power at these like, studios. Millennials don't give a fuck.
2: Yeah, they don't care about anything except cats.
0: <laughs> except cats. So, so there is no, there's nothing to be said then about Star Wars still being this behemoth of pop culture over the course of the last 40 years that Lucas has kind of stoked – in the no, '90s, I and again I in don't. the early aughts, with the prequels, leading all the way up to 2012. You're you're just telling me now it's it's because you know, but, our generation is is now in the position on, of making making choices.
2: It it may be credited to Lucas in bringing that stuff out. Okay, I could maybe agree with that, but not because that was his plan. He just he's an idiot, and he just keeps stumbling into winning lottery tickets somehow.
1: <laughs> like look at look case in point. Look at um. Indiana Jones. There was a movie that never needed to be remade. That is, and make the make the fourth one. That was what's worse, the fourth Indiana Jones or the fourth Star Wars.
0: Well, that you mean the you mean the the, Star Wars one. You mean the the Phantom Menace or Crystal Skull? Yeah, that's a close one. What's worse, Skull? (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I I would
2: (laughs) never watch Crystal Skull again.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. not that I would ever watch
2: Phantom Menace again, but
0: (laughs) so there you go. (laughs) <laughs> well, but all right, so, but, but that brings up an interesting question. Uh, now that Disney bought Lucasfilm, they want to make another Indiana Jones movie with a 70-something year old Harrison Ford still in the titular role. How look, as much as I love the original Indiana Jones movies, you know, as much as I'd like to see a a good Indiana Jones movie again, there's just no way to do it with a 70-something year old Harrison Ford. Well, sure you can. You can just—I mean, he could still be like the guy who like. You could do flashbacks, telling the story,
2: just like they did uh, at the beginning of uh, Last Crusade, River Phoenix.
0: Well, sure, get another actor to play Indiana Jones.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm saying they could keep old Ford and have him flashback to young Ford.
1: God, do you think there's a chance that they might do a prequel now?
2: They have to. That that there's so. There's no story that they have to back their way into. There're no characters that you have to tie together. He's just Indiana Jones all over the world, finding artifacts and fighting bad dudes.
1: Yeah, it's to make sure Indiana do- Indy, Indy doesn't die, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: and he's got to survive. <laughs> but his
2: his supporting actors could die potentially.
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: And sure. You could talk about how how badass would it be to have uh, meet young Marcus, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole backstory there, that, and they they, they, they they did that they did that too with the young Indiana Jan- Indiana Jones Chronicles. It was a TV show that had uh, Sean Patrick Flannery uh, in the 90s, I believe. It was like the late 80s, early 90s, maybe. And that was, all, that was a whole Lucasfilm thing, too. So there's plenty of stuff. Yeah, it was pretty good. There's plenty of stuff to mine there in terms of story. And you could probably do Indiana Jones as kind of like a James Bond type of deal, where they just get different actors to keep playing Indiana Jones. I mean, James Bond has had several actors playing James Bond throughout the decades-old history of, of James Bond. I mean, the James Bond movie series is the longest in history. It's so longer than your
2: mom's movie career? Oh
0: my god! So, the, so, the, so it was about it was about ten years ago that Crystal Skull came out. Do you think there's still enough interest in an Indiana Jones movie for it to be a huge thing? I mean, look at what happened with Force Awakens. It was one of the biggest movies of all time. Do you think there's still enough interest in Indiana think, Jones to make it you know that big of a blockbuster?
1: I mean, I think there's a lot more Star Wars fans than there is going to be indiana jones fans i mean star trek didn't do nearly as well with all their new movies and i think it's the same thing it's just people aren't just aren't as fanatical
0: and i think i i tend to think that that's because there's a there's been a generational thing like there was a much much longer gap you know between last crusade and and kingdom of the crystal skull as there was between you know what went on in the 90s and then in the prequels and then the what-have-you's there was a. There's always been Star Wars. Always been Star Wars. You, you
1: know what it is though, is, is, and this is one of the things that I always hate about Star Wars is they played it to kids, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: they always made Star Wars about kids. Star Trek was never about kids. Indiana Jones was never about kids. That's right. Now, as well, much as we hate as we hate the Ewok and the fucking Jar Jar. Jar
0: Jar. That. Well, that's, And BB-8.
1: Well, we you've... don't hate BB-8 as much, but uh, you know, it's sort of like that annoying sidekick slash uh, uh, you know, laugh machine.
0: Because it was because it was always been it's always been a kid's story. It, it's always yeah. been marketed to children, which is why I thought the whole Rogue One thing was a bit of a different step. It was a little bit more of an adult movie that had much more. It was a war movie. It certainly wasn't a kids' movie like some of the other Star Wars movies were.
1: Right, that's and the, what they did with Wonder Woman too. They made it a war movie.
0: Right. Yeah. And the thing about Rogue One is that it could have been that you could tell that the DNA for a much darker movie was in there. Yeah, but they they it feels like Disney neutered it so that it was still marketable to children.
1: Yeah, they didn't go like Christopher Nolan
0: Batman on it. Oh, it could have been, There was the DNA of a much darker movie in there, and yeah. you you could see it was there, and you could, you could see it in some of like the trailer scenes that were cut um, with like dead bodies in the water and Krennic walking through. Like there were so many things that were the imagery in the trailer just alluded to a much darker movie that it feels like got washed by disney and you know you wonder whether or not disney didn't do the story right or is disney just doing this because it's cash now i'm gonna bring up a um uh, a touchy subject Ganthor. i'm gonna bring up the prequels the movies that shall not be named because i think we have to finally have this conversation man i'm waiting all right we gotta have we gotta have this out man did the prequels in your mind do more harm or more good to star wars Harm? you think harm Yeah. Why? I would say good.
2: They turned it from an interesting semi-respectable story into something completely ridiculous. How so? The whole fact that two Jedi couldn't save Anakin and his mother because some race is immune to force persuasion. The fact that everything happens on Tatooine and that Vader built the robots that he doesn't recognize ever later later. All that bullshit stuff.
0: Metachlorians.
2: Oh yeah, how could I forget that?
0: <laughs> Thank you, Z. <laughs> Appreciate you bringing that one up, pal.
1: <laughs> Why don't we find the unobtainable metal on this planet too, and we'll
0: call it unobtainium. Unobtainium. They did that movie too, wasn't that Avatar? <laughs> unobtainium. Yeah. So you think you think they did more harm than good with the prequels?
2: Absolutely.
0: You said they did good. You disagree? I, well Z Man said they did more good than, than harm. I'd say they did good. I think that I think the I don't with the exception
1: of the first movie, I think they did a good job of giving us the backstory on Anakin, how he got to be where he did, why he's a, why he's he fell in line with the bad side, the dark side.
0: What do you say to that there, Gantor? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So there's I, mean, not... I
1: think could could they have done a better job telling that story? Sure. But I think the story is a good story to tell.
0: Well that's the see that's that's the argument that I always make about the prequels is that the story was the right story to tell. How the story was told, the writing, the acting, that's where it was left wanting.
2: Yeah. Why, the, so, why the... so now you can't do it the way it needs to be done.
0: Well by whose by whose standards, right? I mean again, this these were the movies that Lucas wanted to make and that's why he didn't want to make any more movies. And he actually made a point of saying why should I make any more Star Wars movies when everyone hates what I make? (laughs) I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I think that was like one of the, one of the things he said, he's like, why would I do that? Why would I make any more Star Wars? People just complain. And I'm, I'm something of an apologist. I love the prequels for what they, what they were there to do, which was to tell the story of Anakin Skywalker, to tell his story about how he, how he grew into loving this woman, how he grew into having all of this power and not being able to do anything to save the people that he loved with his powers and how that drove him to the dark side.
2: Did they show any of his, his great feats of starfighter piloting?
0: They showed some of it in, um, at the when very beginning. he was beginning. a
2: six-year-old kid?
0: Well, they showed some of it at, in the, at the end of Phantom Menace, and they showed some of it in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. The rest of it was told in The Clone Wars.
2: Yeah, see, uh, you've lost me already.
0: But you have to consider the Clone Wars as part of those cartoons. You have to consider them part of the story.
2: No, I'm not watching all that stuff. I want to watch a movie.
0: Dude, the cartoons are badass. Yeah, they're pretty badass. I'm not
2: denying that they're badass, but there's like 800 of them, and I don't want to watch that. I just want it it to be told in a movie.
0: I think they showed... showed, For me, they showed enough of it. They showed enough of his his skill with a lightsaber. They showed enough of his enough of his Jedi skills, if you will, to demonstrate that he, was, a, that he was good. You are
2: an apologist.
0: Well, I, I, I preface this by saying that I'm an apologist. I know,
2: but I'm using that word as negatively and as disgustingly as I can. <laughs> you, sir, are an apologist.
0: <laughs> I am. I, I readily admit this. And the, the nice thing about the prequels for me is that it also showed the kind of the Machiavellian machinations of Palpatine, who eventually became the Emperor, how he kind of created this entire scenario from the very beginning to put himself into a position of power to rule the entire galaxy. That was Lucas's story. Lucas's story was how did Anakin rise and fall? How was he ultimately redeemed? And how was Palpatine kind of a part of this whole overarching story that finished at the end with Anakin redeeming himself? That, to me, is the genius part of how, how the prequels enriched the rest of the story. To me, that's why they did more good than harm. I will not argue that they were horribly written. Lucas can't write a love story to save his damn full life. And the acting was so indescribably bad in Attack of the Clones, I won't even begin to defend that. But the story was worth it. What say you? Disagree. Disagree.
2: <laughs> Could have been done better.
0: As much as as much as you may disagree, do you do you really believe that he did harm with the prequels? I mean, c- can you really yes. say that? Can you say They're that horrible. given given the absolute interest and in the you know the feverish fandom that Star Wars still possesses?
2: Dude, people would have been happy with anything.
0: Do you be- do you believe that people were excited for the for the sequels now, the new movies? as a way of redeeming the prequels, being, all right, well, that, those things were horrible. Let's get some good Star Wars. I'm excited for that shit.
1: I think there's definitely an upturn in expectations now. I think people are, are are cool with or on board with how it's going, the direction they're taking.
0: Well, certainly after Force Awakens, it was such a big hit. But even before that, I mean, when Disney announced that they bought Lucasfilm, they immediately announced in 2012 that they were going to put out a new Star Wars movie in 2015. And that's when the, that's when the, the hype machine started. Do you think that at that point that people were excited for the new star wars movies
1: i think my I think everyone's expectations were set low
0: so it was the force awakens that that kind of restarted the whole star wars fandom machine yeah, I mean it's also it's, it's, you know it's 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 a new generation
1: right you got it's it's the children of the of the uber nerds it's the children of the people born in the seventies
0: right, so it's our generation's children the folks right. that are like in their late thirties early forties they have kids yeah, around all my. F-
1: all my friends kids are like super nerds when it comes to like Star Wars. Yep. So is mine. But I, like we missed like the millennials, they don't know what the fuck it is all about.
0: I disagree with that. I think the millennials the millennials are all in on this stuff now.
1: I don't think it is. I think it's I think it's still it's our generation and our generation's children.
0: See I I I, I got to believe that because and it was it was the thing that this author said that because the special editions were out in the 90s. That group of millennials at a young age was exposed to Star Wars on the big screen in a big way. And that's what kind of stoked the fire. That's why 20 years later, we're still talking about this. Like, it's still a big deal. And it's a cross-generational affair from Gen X to Gen Y to whatever the... What is this the new thing that they said now? If you're not a millennial, but you're not Gen Y or something you're like zenial. that? You're a A Xenial? Zennial. What the fuck is that about?
1: That is the new term, xenial. Yep.
0: Those motherfuckers too. <laughs> They're all in on Star Wars. What does this have to do with Harry Potter? <laughs> it's tangentially related. <laughs> I can do. I can start any conversation and then make it Star Wars. That's how I do it. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. So, what do we learn? What do we learn about uh, Star Wars, Harry Potter franchising things? What do we learn, Z-Man? It sounds like you got to get it. Um kid focused in order to make it succeed yeah man that is for damn sure ganthor what'd you learn
2: that you will watch anything and everything
0: star <laughs> if it, wars if it's got star wars on it yeah
1: <laughs> and don't forget about read
0: yeah i, gotta, I it's read them too that's <laughs> <laughs> true it's true you're not wrong you're not wrong uh, what did i learn I, I learned that i'm i'm just as much of an apologist today as i was when the prequels came out yes ganthor i'm an apologist I don't apologize for being an apologist.
1: That's so anti-apologist,
0: though. <laughs> there you go. So if you're an apologist or you like the prequels or you want more Star Wars or you're a millennial that loved Star Wars and saw it in the 90s, why don't you go ahead and let us know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash listeners or fourlisteners.com. You can check out the show on Stitcher Radio, on Apple Podcast, or on Google Play. Just search for 4 listeners and we'll pop right on up. And you can give us a tweet on the Twitters at listeners. We thank you for checking us out this week, and we hope that you will check us out again next week. May the forest be with you, everybody. Well, let's be honest. The original... Version of Job of the Hut that was put in there in 1997 was terrible, terrible. In the in the words of the immortal Meryl Reese, it was awful,
1: <laughs>
0: awful, awful, awful. It was bad.
1: Your th-
2: your Meryl Reese is way better than your Charles Barkley.
1: Yeah, I know.